We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 225. Scott, I was at the game on Tuesday night. I think my my limbs have finally dethawed. What a miserable night at the in the Bronx that was. After such a fun night the night before, that's what this team has been. High one night, low the next night. Yeah, you picked the wrong game, that's for sure. <laughs> you, you definitely picked the wrong one. That one, uh, I can only imagine how miserable. First of all, watching it on television. It, you could hear a pin drop in that place because it was just, everybody was cold. You could tell everybody was cold. You could tell everybody was freaking just like stunned the, uh, you know, about what was happening on the field. It was just, uh, it was a bad day. And I'm sorry, uh, I'm sorry that everybody had to witness that disgusting, <laughs> disgusting baseball. Ironically, the only time the stadium made some noise is when they were booing Stanton. Right. Well, you know what? They're going to keep booing him because... He's only gotten three hits at home, so you know what? That it's it's it, anybody who's saying you shouldn't boo the guy at this point, you really don't have a leg to stand on anymore because uh, he's been downright abysmal. Yeah, yeah, it, it has. It's been 
They're eight and eight at this point. It's it could it doesn't it feel like a lot worse than eight and eight though? Yeah, it's well, it's crazy because there's been so many, so many good moments, but then there's been so many terrible moments. So you know, like you said, it's it's kind of a, you know, there's there's no in between. It's just this team either is is doing really well or or not. So you know, you have the euphoria of when they play really well, like the, on Monday night, and everything's going perfect, and the Marlins are that you know double triple A team that you expect them to be. Then all of a sudden, they come back out the next day and they forget that they're playing baseball, and the Marlins put up a freaking you know nine spot. It's crazy. It doesn't make sense. I think you mentioned this in in the the post game video, and guys guys who are listening, if you don't realize, we've been putting up either Scott or I after every game post game videos on the Yankees podcast Twitter. But you said like this team just can't find a rhythm right now, and it's partially due to the weather, it's due to the due to the schedule where they have a bunch of off days and rainouts and stuff like that. But for whatever reason, this team has not been able to find a groove. Maybe the stretch coming up, we're going to talk about the schedule coming up, but at least they're going to hopefully play, knock on wood, some consistent games. Um, even though rain is in the forecast for Thursday night in the Bronx, after Thursday night, it looks decent. Well, I mean, that's the thing. I, I know a lot of people use the weather as a crutch, and I'm, I'm one of those people who think that uh, a lot of baseball players don't get going until the weather you know, warms up a little bit. I mean, I know it's not an excuse. I just think it's reality. But the the fact is, is that the weather has created such a, you know, intermittent schedule. So these guys are not playing every day. They're playing, it seems like every other day, or sometimes they don't even play for the weekend or what. And, you know, when you're in the major leagues and you're playing at this level, you're used to playing almost every day and you get into a rhythm and they just haven't been allowed to do that with the crappy weather. And then, and then just not scheduled days off, but days off because of rainouts and delays. It's just been a weird start. So I, I, you know, we have a huge stretch coming up, but at least there's a bunch of consecutive games together. And, and, you know, maybe it could go really bad, but it could go well because, you know, who knows? They, they might hit a hot streak or, um, and, and it seems like when they do get it together, the, the, you know, the, the team starts to, uh, you know, put some hits together and runs start forming and, you know, maybe pitchers can build momentum off of each other. Who the hell knows? I'm talking about out of my ass at a right. completely optimistic point of view, but this is uh, this is where I, this is where I am right now. Well, be careful what you wish for, right? Because if you can't even take two from the Marlins at home, it's unacceptable. You've got the the Marlins are a minor league team. I was calling them minor league Marlins on Monday and Tuesday, and I firmly believe that they are minor league level team. They've got a couple of players in that lineup, obviously Castro, uh, Bohr, but come on, that is not a quality roster, and you got your teeth kicked in on Tuesday night. Just an absolute shit show. Um, before we get into everything, though, I just we just want to remind people about May 26th. It's our next event. Tickets are on sale now. It's a Saturday night game against Shohei Otani, who left with a little baby blister against the Red Sox, but he left the game. But hopefully he's going to be playing. Mike Trout's going to be in town May 26th, Saturday night. Get your tickets on sale now. Beautiful. No, it's uh, he, he had a bad game, but... Hopefully this guy plays because I want to see him live and in person. What would be amazing would be a, a, a Tanaka Otani showdown. That's mm. that's what I want to see. That's that's like a musty te- television right there. The the pupil um, versus the the teacher. So that would be that would be the best thing. But yeah, go go definitely uh, get some tickets. We've again I told you we sold over a hundred tickets already. Uh, we're not even a month from the event yet. And uh, we're doing a special deal for, for the May game. If you put together a, if you're the organizer, if you're the captain of your crew, 
you um, and you bring uh, five or more, you get half off of your ticket. If you bring 10 or more, I will buy your ticket. So um, that's my standing offer. We want to pack the joint. We want to make sure that we have uh, just a whole bunch of people. We have, we have a lot of seats available for this particular game. So um, that's why I want to you know get as many people and uh, offer incentives. So it'll be fun. Uh, brewery, we, you get a beer with your, uh, with your ticket. You get a t-shirt and uh, you get to hang out with a whole bunch of cool people. And you always bury the lead on this, but we have a lot of new listeners this year, so they might not be aware. But if you meet your significant other at one of these events, Scott's going to pay for your wedding. Yeah, we, that's coming up too. We actually had that happen. And um, so we're working out details right now. It's pretty sure be, the, I'm pretty sure the wedding is... Wedding. Yeah, the wedding's, the wedding's going to be in the, at the dugout. There's going to be there's going to be like five, maybe six ke- uh, kegs of Natty Light. Couple, it's gonna be great. A couple of pitchers, yeah. Some yeah. some chicken tenders, yeah. It's gonna, yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm not affair. even. I'm not even. Uh, I'm not even getting it going as far as they're actually gonna mop the place beforehand. <laughs> may or may not happen. No, it's probably be... will smell like the night before. Yes, yes, as well it should be. Okay. Yeah. So you you'll get one by just you know what what it'll look like. The you're, dugout you're... brings back memories of just like uh, my frat house in college. The morning after, just all the beer soaked wood. You know that smell of beer soaked wood. Oh, I... I know it well. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's a bad, it's a bad smell. It's it's a really uh, it's Bourbon Street smells exactly the same way the, the <laughs> day after. And they go down there and they they take hoses on trucks and they just hose off the streets. It's, it's crazy. Well, but, it's yeah, fine. That's exactly what it smells like. It's fine when you only go in there for for an hour or so pregame. It's kind of nostalgic. It brings back memories. But when you have to live in that filth, it's not so fun. True. Very true. There's a there's a there's a limit for everything. <laughs> Um, so I was at the game, as, as I said, Tuesday night, maybe one of the worst games I've ever attended, but I was doing a Periscope beforehand, and a lot of the questions fans were asking, who are the Yankees going to acquire at the trade deadline? We need to acquire someone at the trade deadline. And here we are sitting, they hadn't even lost at that point, but it was, we're in mid to late April, and we're already talking about the trade deadline. And yeah, the Yankees could very well need some some players to help them at the deadline, but can we figure out what this team is first? Because we still do not know what this team is. I mean, there's first of all, the sky is not falling. Everybody thinks the sky is falling. That's that's one of the. If you're on Twitter or any of these social medias, a lot of a lot of people are just so so down on this team right now, and I understand like it's not been a great start, but honestly, it hasn't been the worst start when you look at the record. It seems like it's a lot worse than it actually is. And there's a lot of guys that are that are on that have been hurt. Like this whole team has been decimated by injuries at it's the crazy. same time. So there, there's there's a, a pretty legitimate reason why they're not at full strength and why they're not clicking on all cylinders. I mean, half their team is gone or has been gone at some point. So I'm not worried about it. People need to relax about it a little bit, I think, and, and just kind of give it some time. Um, that being said, yeah, they're going to have to they'll, they'll go after somebody to put them over the top. Usually happens every single year, and most likely it'll be a pitcher. I mean, that's the the where your head goes initially. But again, you know, kind of like you said, you kind of have to see what this team is because you don't know. There, these injuries could escalate. There could be a guy that doesn't come back right, or you know, a million things can happen. It's a long time away, so it's uh, pure speculation at this point because you have no idea what the what the uh, what the team's going to look like. Yeah, I think Cashman's actually famous for saying that. You don't really learn a lot about a team until June 1st. That's when you start to figure out what the team has for strengths, what it has for weaknesses. If you're trying to base something on on 
16 games of baseball, you're going to get yourself in a lot of trouble. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, and it's the other way too. If you're, if you're going really, really well in the first 16 games, you might get overly confident and then, and then boom, you get hit by a big slump or a couple injuries and then your team shows up. So you don't know. That's, that's why there's, there's no reason to freak out at this point. Like there's guys, uh, the, the main guys that we need right now are, are the ones uh, we need them to stay healthy. That's, that's my big concern. Like I want these guys to stay healthy, get their reps in and, and just continue what they're doing. And we have some good stories. We have some bad stories, but let's, let's see what this team looks like when they're all healthy. Yeah. You mentioned that half the team has been injured. There are, there have been a number of injuries, but the, the, Big important players for the most part have been healthy. Judges on the field, Stanton's on the field, Sanchez, Didi. Um, obviously, we I, lost Greg Bird, but the, yeah. the core of the lineup is still there. They just need to all start producing at the same time because at this point, it's only Judge and Didi that have had any consistency this season. All right. Well, I mean, Gary Sanchez started off terribly, but he's definitely come around now, and, and we're seeing um, over the past week or so the, the real Gary Sanchez. I mean, he's definitely hit his hit his stride a bit more and has been contributing. So I'd put him on there as a you know a guy with a and it wasn't even a long slow start. It was a a minor slow start. Um, but when you're looking at a 16 game season, you know then then everybody's like, oh, it's like half the season. Yeah, well, yeah, it's only 16 games, but he's been very good and his production is is uh, you look at the numbers and he's got high production. Absolutely, yeah. And the the guy with the the highest production is Didi, who's been batting cleanup. He's got five homers, batting three thirty three. He the most surprising thing is the walks. He's got fourteen walks. Um, that's not something we expected. We we talked about how there was a challenge from Boone to to challenge Didi to be more patient. Well, shit, he's really gone and run with that. Is that sustainable though? Is a higher OBP, higher slugging percentage, Didi? the real Didi, or is he going to come back down? I don't want to say come back down to earth, but come back down to what he was last year a little bit more. The free swinging guy who doesn't walk a lot. Yeah, he's going to hit you some home runs and, and get some extra base hits, but he, he's certainly not a high OBP guy. I think it's the evolution of Didi Gregorius. I think we're seeing every single year him improving in certain aspects of his game. And, you know, everybody knows that Boone challenged him to this, this uh, you know, being more patient at the plate and, and just kind of developing the the at bats a little bit more, and we're seeing I think the, another evolution of Didi being uh, you know just working on his game and being a better hitter. So I, I got no reason to, to think it's not sustainable because every single year he's been in New York and in the pinstripes, this guy has improved in in one aspect or multiple aspects in a given year. So you know I, I have no reason to believe that he's not going to just continue to get better. And it's not just get better at one thing. It's not getting better at like the things that he's. Uh, that he did well last year, he's looking to improve things that, you know, he didn't do so well last year. So, and I think that's one of them. I think, you know, watching, uh, seeing more pitches is is important for him. And especially with the lineup around him, like seeing more pitches is a good thing. It's been huge because it used to be if Didi didn't put the ball in play, then he couldn't really do you a lot of good at the plate. But now he's getting on base at a high rate, which it totally changes his game. It puts him, I don't even think Brian Kenny could, could deny at that point, puts him in the top five shortstop range. But I think at this point, because I don't know if you've noticed, but Kenny is really chirping a lot of Yankees fans on Twitter. I think he's trolling, looking for that attention. He's getting those retweets. He's getting those mentions. So I understand what he's doing. He's still putting them number 10 out of the 10 shortstops. But if this is the real Didi, where he's going to be walking at a higher rate and he's going to be slugging at a higher rate, well, then he's definitely in the top five shortstops for whatever that means. It doesn't really matter. Bottom line is you and I and all Yankee fans are happy Didi's on the Yankees. 
Yeah, I mean, the list is getting ridiculous at this point for 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 keeping Didi. I mean, he wasn't even on his initial list. The second one, he he uh, just yeah, he squeezed at, squeezed him on the top him ten. At number ten. Oh, thank you very much. Um, he, he's got who did he have on there that was ahead? Elvis Andrews. Elvis I mean, Andrews. Really, like Elvis Andrews has been a, a disappointment his entire career. How old is he now? He's got to be thirty plus, right? He's <laughs> He, I don't know. He's always been like a, a young guy, but he's been a young guy for like ten years. It seems like right. Uh, who has never really played to his <laughs> he's potential. Twenty nine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he he's, feels he's, like he's been in the league for ten. He years, has been though. in the league for a while, but yeah. you know, there's no possible way you can put a guy like Elvis Andrews ahead of Didi Gregorius at this point. Didi's just a better player all around. There's just it's not even close. Well, I just think it's disingenuous, and I hate when when guys will just stick to an argument. I've never done that. I've never just stuck to an argument because I said something and said. <laughs> Got right. my got myself in neck deep and then had to just stay there to defend my turf. I've never had to do that. No, no, no. You. I've never I've never heard this before. I've never heard this kind of a stance before in my life. But um, at, at this point, it's it's utterly ridiculous that uh, some of the people that he has a, above him. So whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, it, it's entertainment for him, and like you said, he's getting the attention. So. Right, right now, Didi is slugging eight oh four, which is not sustainable. I mean, if he that's Barry Bonds territory. That's Barry Bonds mid. Horse steroids, two thousand four territory. So he's not going to be slugging eight oh four, but he's still if he if he can continue. I like I said, if he continues to be patient and take more walks, I think he's going to he's going to have a huge season. And he's going to not only put himself in the All Star category, but he's going to put himself in MVP talks uh, with the way he's playing. Speaking of MVP, Judge is off to a better start than last year, if you can believe that. He's slashing 339, 485, 93, and he's leading the league in walks. And he is actually striking out at a less frequent rate than he did last year. He's striking out 24% of the time this year versus 30% last year. So in the small sample size through 16 games, Judge is striking out less, putting the bat on the ball more. And when he puts the bat on the ball, he does some serious damage because he hits it so freaking hard. Yeah, and I think this is just another one of those guys who's a, a cerebral player and can make adjustments. And, you know, I don't know if these guys are you key off of each other uh, and the way that they prepare and the way that they do things. I got to believe that they do uh, because there are a lot of very good hitters. <laughs> Someone, the new guy's not paying attention, obviously, but um, the, uh, the fact that he can cut that strikeout rate down uh, even, even further and if he can continue to build on that, it's, it's just so impressive to me. Um, it, it's, it's impressive to me that you see a guy like literally I could just gush about Aaron judge all day long. But when you, when you see a guy as big as he is with as big of a strike zone as he is that walks that many times, um, that's a, that's a, a very big point to, to the way that he, you know, approaches his at bats and, and can lay off pitches. Um, so it's natural for that strikeout rate to go down because he walks so much. He's got a great eye. He, he knows when he can uh, make contact a lot of the time. So he's just, he's just super impressive. And, the fact that he came out, he's already off to a really good start is is really good to see because I know a lot of people were wondering, you know, which which guy is the real Aaron Judge? We we saw the the triple crown uh, you know, contender early in the season or first half of the season really. Then he hit that sh- that slump and then, you know, he kind of found his form again. So, he's coming out and uh this is the real Aaron Judge. I, you know, I definitely believe it. Yeah, and he set another record. He passed Mark McGuire for the fastest ever to 60 home runs. 
So, so like I said, him and him and Didi are the two hot guys in the lineup. Do you think Boone's going to shift the lineup around to put them back to back in the order? Maybe move Didi up to number three. Boone kind of teased it. He was asked about if he's going to move Stanton down with all of his struggles, and he said and he didn't deny it. He said, I, you know, I, I might entertain that moving him down, but not too far. So I could see him doing something where he moves Stanton to five, and then he just slides Didi up to three, Sanchez up to four, try and bunch those guys that are going hot right now. Yeah, I mean it makes sense, especially if you're if you're going up against a uh, um, a, a right-handed pitcher where you can stack Didi or you put Didi in between some right-handed bats to uh, just mix it up a little higher up in the lineup. I mean, and the way that he's going, um, you know, giving him more protection, giving it, uh, Didi some more pitches to see is not a bad thing. So, uh, sandwich him between uh, Judge and Sanchez right now with the way that they're hitting is a good thing. And yeah, you know what? It's it's not the worst thing in the world. Like you don't have to keep him in that spot because I didn't think. Personally, I didn't think he was going to be in the three hole uh, anyway. I thought, you know, if Bird were healthy, exactly, if Bird was healthy, he would have been in that three hole. And, and right. then you're seeing Stanton in the four, maybe five, depending on what Sanchez is doing. But I think those guys are totally interchangeable. Uh, what the hell is going on, though, with Stanton and his home road splits? He's three for 35 at Yankee Stadium with a homer, three RBIs, and 20 strikeouts. And on the road, he's playing fine. 10 for 31, which is a 323 average, two homers, seven RBIs, and only nine strikeouts. So I just don't understand such a, a drastic shift. Like he went to Fenway Park last week and had a great series. And right. you thought, okay, he's going to come home. And at least if we could take something positive out of that series, Stanton seemed to have turned it around. And he comes home and he's lost again. Yeah, it's weird. And, you know, one of the things I've been talking about, and I, other people have been saying it as well, is just the way he carries himself, the way that. It doesn't seem like anything bothers him. Well, when you look at the splits, something's bothering him. Something is for sure different when he goes to Yankee Stadium and when he gets away. I don't know if it's just he's a little bit uh, tighter, wound wound tighter, and like trying too hard uh, to to get out of that in front of the home crowd. And at home, at, on the road, he's just more loose and uh, is playing the game. I, I don't know, but when you look at those numbers, something's going on. Yeah, because it's not the park. It's not like we're hit. it's not it's not a bad park to hit home runs in. No, no, and um, you can't say the weather because it was cold as hell up in Fenway too. Yeah, I mean he's been there's been uh, a couple of articles I've read um, about him and cold weather and it just doesn't work well. But whatever, you know what? Well, like if you he's said, gonna be playing in October, if he's gonna if the Yankees are gonna be playing in October, it's gonna be cold in October. So he better get used to it. Put some icy hot on it on himself, like Roger Clemens used to do to warm that body up. Like you gotta yeah. do something, man. Drink some coffee, do some jumping jacks. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you're actually something. supposed to put cold into your system when it's cold out. Okay, well, put some cold into your system. Whatever. Ice coffee, <laughs> whatever the whatever you gotta do. Did you read the art? You said you were reading some articles about Stan. Did you read the one in the New York Post about maybe he's struggling because his furniture in his apartment hasn't arrived yet? No, I didn't see that. Did the did the kid on the Mets that he's bunking with yeah. like, change the uh, the order? Yeah. First of all, um, what the hell is Stanton doing with a roommate? Second of all, why didn't he have some some gopher like he he was traded what in December? He could have had his apartment ready a long time ago. What the hell is he getting it ready for in the first week of the season? Yeah, it's weird. It's bad timing. It's uh, people around him are not doing so well. There should be uh, agents taking care of this nonsense. Yeah, or interns at the, agent, the Yankees, at the agency. Don't the Yankees or yeah, his agency or the Yankees have someone to just handle all this kind of shit for you? So you're just focused on playing baseball. Yeah, uh, I don't know why he's got a roommate with that. I mean, I guess it's a new city. You're trying to. They, they're friends. Well, they bunked. Off the to, yeah, field. they bunked together, or not bunked, but they were friendly, <laughs> I believe. 
<laughs> bunk together. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm picturing back to uh, the 61 movie. Remember? Right. Yeah, when yeah. Uh, Maris and Mantle got together, got, got uh, bunked up in, in Queens or whatever it was. It was away from the city so that Mickey Mantle wouldn't drink himself into a complete stupor. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, I, maybe that's it. Maybe Stanton needs some, uh, some assistance with when he's there to not get in trouble. It doesn't, I've never heard anything bad about him like going out or anything like that. So I don't know what his deal is. Maybe he just gets lonely. I don't know. But the bottom line is he's not hitting at home and he needs to figure that shit out real fast because people are getting fed up. I mean, yeah. they've been fed up, but they have there. There's good reason to be fed up when you have a guy that's the uh, reigning national league MVP and you, uh, you trade for him in the off season and all this hype and all this stuff. And he comes out and just lays an egg at home. So I got no problem with people booing. It's whatever. It's just, it's just people voicing the fact that they're unhappy. It's, it's not like they're booing somebody because they, they don't like them as a person. It's like nobody takes that shit personally. You're just you, not happy with what's happening on the field. Do you think he is bothered by the boos? No, I think he's bothered by the way he's playing. <laughs> I think he's more bothered that he's not producing. I don't think he cares at all about the boos. Like, I don't think that stuff bothers him. I think that maybe he is pressing a little too much in front of the crowd, possibly because of the, the pressure and the, um, you know, I don't think he'll admit that, but he'll, you, you know, you got to believe that when you're home and he wants to do well so badly that you're, you're pressing harder. And baseball, that's the worst thing you can do. You got to be a loose, uh, just, you know, go out there and let, let your body do what it does and see the ball hit the ball. You don't want to think about anything. And when that happens, usually bad things happen. Well, how do you fix it? If you're Boone, like what is Aaron Boone in, in there saying to Stan? Yeah, he's, I don't know. There's, there's not too much to say to him at this point. He's, he's a veteran guy who should be able to handle situations like this. I mean, he's gone through long slumps, right? So, um, yeah, we talk talked about his slumps that he went through a couple episodes ago. I mean, he struck out 15 times in what was it, like 17 at-bats? There's, I've never heard of a slump worse than that. Well, 20, 20 strikeouts and 35 at-bats at home is pretty freaking bad. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's, that's, that's the whole true. crowd getting booed he's rivaling, time. He's rivaling it. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it's a lot worse when you're doing that at Yankee <clears throat> Stadium than you're doing it in freaking right, no Florida one, no when one there's cares. five people there. You got Marlins man whistling at you. Marlins like the man was at the got. stadium this week, apparently. <laughs> Wasn't yeah. he wearing a Jeter, a Jeter Marlins jersey? The nice. Oh, I didn't see Twitter? that. All I see is orange, so I see him with his stupid visor, and, uh, you know, he's there, but... Um, you know, there's just more pressure in New York, bottom line. And he's the, also the new guy trying to get off on the right foot, and it's and it's and everything's going against him. Well, it's just so, so weird because he had the huge game on opening day in Toronto. I understand that wasn't in front of the Yankees fans at home, but it was still like the, the monkey off his back. He got it out of the way, and he had a decent series up in Toronto. He came home, struck out five times, but then he had the home run against Blake Snell the next day. So he got like these hurdles out of the way. It just seems like he's taken, he's regressed since then. It just seems like he keeps going back into these, uh, these canyons at home. And, and with the, the five strikeout games, starting it, hitting that home run. Uh, but then he just never found that groove. I, look, as soon as he finds it, he's going to be red hot. And he's going to hit, you know, 20 home runs in 30 at-bats. Like the guy's going to go on, on a tear at some point. Because you know why? Because that's baseball, Susan. That's what happens. That's what happens in baseball. You go on streaks. Sometimes they're bad. Sometimes they're good. He's going to hit a really good one, and we're all going to be with our, uh, you know, our, our our mouths dropped because this guy's going to be hitting bombs every time he's up. But you're right. Like he he's not a young player. He's a reigning MVP. 
So Boone can't, can't, it's not like Boone needs to go in there and coach this young player. I mean, he's just got to let the guy do what he does to get out of his slump. And yeah. I'm and just that, gonna, one of the I, things that he could potentially say is that, you know, hey, I, I was, I was traded. I was a guy that came over for, um, you know, one of the, uh, uh, I, I came over to play in New York and it was different. I had to adjust. I hit this big home run. You know, he, Boone has felt the, the ins and outs of this crowd as well. So maybe there is a bit of counsel there. But, but, but I don't Boone think it makes never had the target on it. Boone was never the number no, one guy. No, so. 100% not. 100% not. And also for Boone, like this is a learning experience for him as well. This is uh, He's never coached a player through this kind of stuff before. If you had Girardi or if you had Joe Torre, who had years and years of experience with coaching guys, coaching young guys, coaching veterans through slumps, it'd be different. But if you're Boone, you're also trying to figure out what the hell is going on and what you say to a player at these certain times. Well, and the other thing that, you know, we don't really think about too much is that we everybody's uh, seeing this guy for the first time or, you know, extended first time. But he's also on this team for the first time with the guys around him, his teammates. And he looks really bad right now around his teammates. And especially one guy who looks... Uh, you know, who's like the equivalent of him and, and like the mirror image of him who's off to a freaking ridiculous start. So there are internal pressures with him not hitting right now as well. And just by looking at these splits, he's feeling it. Well, we talked about in the offseason, one of the things we really liked about having Stanton and Judge on the same team is they could help each other. Right. Judge maybe can go to Stanton and say, look, I dealt with this last year. Here's mm-hmm. how Here's how I got out of it. So... Their swings are so different, though. Even there are no. Looking. I'm not talking about mechanics. I'm just talking about. I, I'm just talking about just general mentality, I guess. Yeah, I thought that they were going to be able to 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 really, uh, I think, help each other out in the in the, in the in the hitting game and with certain aspects of it. But when you look at them play every day, they're just such different. The way that they uh, the way that they hit is is. Very they, different. They're different styles, but don't mm-hmm. you remember CC talking in spring training that as a pitcher he would attack them the same way. So it doesn't matter how your stance is or how your swing is. If you're seeing the same types of pitches and the same repertoire from guys, that can be helpful. That is, that is, that is definitely helpful for sure. Um, and uh, that, that is something I hope they, uh, I hope they figure out. <laughs> if we're talking like they haven't, like this hasn't dawned on them yet. Like right, they, no, haven't they haven't had conversations. Well, like, they before. haven't had the, the like the, the Spider-Man gif moment, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. wait a minute. What? <laughs> uh, after, you know, I, I saw Harlan Garcia pitch last night against the Yankees. He actually looked pretty decent. Um, and he's had a good start to the season. 21 innings for Garcia and .86 ERA and only six hits allowed. He has walked 11 guys and only struck out 13. So perhaps he's getting into, he's getting lucky. His, uh, his FIP is basically only league average. So, so that does indicate he is lucky. But is there a chance that we look back at the end of the season and say, Okay, well, Garcia had a good year. He's better than we thought he was. That's why he shut down the Yankees, not because they're just Jekyll and Hyde. We talked about Michael Pineda being Jekyll and Hyde. Well, the Yankees as a team right now are Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah, they are Jekyll and Hyde as a team. Uh, maybe this guy's better than we think he is. I don't know. You know, we don't, we don't, we haven't seen enough about this guy, and we probably will forget about him forever after that, after that game. But you know, he could be a better pitcher. I mean, he's different. That's one thing that. Uh, that, that guys uh, struggle with a lot of times when they see somebody who's, who's a little different or they haven't seen too often. Um, I know he's, um, he's, he's had a really good start. So, look, he's, he, the kids, he's got a lot of confidence, and this team came off of a game uh, where they almost 
it seems like they got rid of all their runs in the the you know the game before. So, you know, he was trying to uh, trying to take advantage of, of of certain aspects, and it worked. So I, I don't know what we look back. I I still think like I was saying this in that video after the game. Like we're gonna look back at this game and we're gonna laugh about it because the fact that they lost to the the Marlins and I expect the Marlins to be rival. Uh, being up there with uh, you know some of the worst in the league at the end of the year, and we're going to look back and we're like, I can't. We should have won that game. Yeah, I mean, the Marlins are going to win like sixty to sixty-five games. Yeah, I mean, they got their asses kicked by the Marlins. They didn't just lose; <laughs> they got dominated. It was There's no excuse. It when was you have terrible. Tanaka on the mound, Tanaka supposed to be your number two pitcher. He absolutely looked terrible. I know the defense didn't the help. The defense him. was awful too. Yeah, Didi with that error in the first inning kind of just had the snowball effect. At that point, you knew it was all downhill from there. And the Yankees' defense as a whole has been been bad. They lead the American League with seventeen errors. Uh, Brandon Drury, who can't see half the time, has three of them. But still, <laughs> you, you don't expect Didi and some of these other guys to to be making these errors. But Tanaka did himself no favors. He got himself into these jams. He was throwing junk up there. He's a junk. He was a junk ball pitcher last night, which is the most concerning aspect. I know we mentioned that he's not throwing many fastballs on the last episode, but it was like really apparent and kind of concerning. As I was watching him in every pitch, I would look up on the board, 84 miles an hour, 87 miles an hour, 83 miles an hour. It's like nothing over 90. Yeah, I don't know what the deal is with that. The, uh, you know, the, one of the things, too, is that he's not locating these breaking balls either. And if he's, if he's able to, to go up there and control guys with the, the arsenal that he's, you know, that he's game planning, then, then fine. But it's not working. So how about we try something a little different? Maybe mix in a few fastballs, especially when guys are not looking for it at this point. Let's try to sneak in some and, and try to change things up, change the eye level, change the, the timing of the guys a little bit. But, you know, it, it's like he, he walks in with a game plan and, and doesn't, uh, doesn't alter from it at all, even, even when it's not working or even when he doesn't have the stuff, um, f- you know, for, for the arsenal that, he, that he's chosen for that day. I don't know. It's, it is concerning because... You'd like to think that your a guy like Tanaka can make some in-game adjustments uh, if he knows that the pitches that he normally can throw for strikes are just not not going over the plate right now. Um, and you'd like to think that anybody in the major leagues, unless your name is Dylan Batances, can throw a fastball over the plate uh, and control a fastball. Ninety-seven percent of these guys can control the fastball, and he's just still not throwing it. So it's weird. Well, you would also like to think that a pitcher of Tanaka's caliber, even if he doesn't have his A game, can still battle out there against the Marlins, and he wasn't able to do that. We're not talking about going up against the Red Sox or going to get up against the Astros. Those are, have like awesome lineups, and if you're not on your A game, you're going to get hit. The Marlins are minor league Marlins, and he could not battle out there. Well, and I think that goes to the fact that he wouldn't even change what he was doing. I mean, if you if you don't have your a game but you're still leaving pitches on the table you know why not try to throw some new stuff in and actually see what works because the, the things that you're throwing are not working how about you throw in some fastballs with that i mean it's not it's not brain surgery this is not rocket science try things that are different if what you're doing is not working it's really not that difficult severino on the opposite hand had a good start against the crappy lineup of the Marlins six innings only one hit eight strikeouts he would have pitched deeper if it wasn't for the blowout so he had a bounce back start after his Boston start he was dealing he had he was attacking those hitters which is what we wanted to see Tanaka do he had his slider working so both needed to have bounce back starts Severino did it Tanaka didn't do it 
He threw a fastball occasionally, huh? It was. Well, uh, he loves his fastball. It's, yeah, he does love his fastball. It's a good fastball. And Tanaka's fastball, fastball isn't good, so I'm not asking him to throw a lot more fastballs. Or, you know, be be a fastball heavy pitcher. But you got to try something different when you're going up there with splitter after splitter and slider after slider, and it's not working. How about you try mixing in a two seamer to try and get some ground balls? You try, jam, you know, you try getting some some weak fly balls with some four seamers. Do something. Well, change, I mean, I, change the change the um, the whatever, not the eye level, but change what the velocity these guys are seeing. And I, I think I've probably said this on every episode of the past month, but. If you're not if you're not working off of other pitches, the the pitches that you deem effective, uh, that have been effective in the past, uh, may not be as may not be working as well. If you don't have something to work off of it, for for Severino, it's he uses the fastball to set up the slider, and he uses the changeup occasionally, so it's a different look out of his hand and looks like a fastball, and he doesn't have to throw it often, but he just has to prove that he can throw it and that he will throw it. And that's what I'm asking for Tanaka. I'm not. I'm not asking for him to be the uh, like a, throw a ton of fastballs. But you got to show the fastball. And he's got two fastballs. He throws a two seam and a four seam. Why not throw some in there? I I, I just don't understand why we're not seeing more of this. Um, and I know Larry Rothschild has has really taken down the the fastball percentage. But you gotta you gotta mix things up. He used to throw a cutter too. It was always his least used pitch, but he used to have a cutter, especially in his first season. Well, let's see the cutter again. Throw back the cutter. Can we get Mariano in there for some cutter lessons or something? I'm sure they could call him. You know, He's on speed dial. He's probably doing a Steiner event this weekend. He's still in the New York area, I believe. He didn't didn't move out of town. Right. Um, And Duhar, after starting 0 for 12 at the plate, has looked really good over his last seven games. 321 average with six extra base hits, and he had his first homer, first major league homer on Tuesday, which avoided the embarrassing shutout. So I really have liked what we saw out of Van Duhar recently. His approach at the plate looks better. We were remember we were saying it looks like he's trying to hit the ball 500 feet every time. Yeah. I no longer think he was. (laughs) He's no longer trying to do that. He's got pop in that bat. Now he's just focused on making hard contact, and we're seeing those results. He looks more comfortable now. Which which is which is huge because this is his shot. This is his shot, and that, I think that's the the key word is comfort. Is that when he was up the first time, um, well, the first time this year he was trying to do too much, and it just wasn't working. And that's it. Just goes along the whole the whole um, thought process of of when you try too hard in baseball, it usually does not work out in your favor. So you know, I think he relaxed a little bit, got comfortable, and and started you know seeing the ball, letting the ball travel to him a little bit more. And uh, and hitting the ball, so he's made a couple nice, some nice plays in the field. He's made some bonehead plays as well. Um, he's got a really strong arm. That that throw he made uh, last night from his knees to um, uh, to first, or was it second base? I don't remember. It was to first. It was a great. It was a great throw. I mean, he's got the arm. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but you know, he's got to clean up some of the the easier fundamental things that he that he like that little dribbler he uh, he booted. He should have made that play. Yeah, I, I'd have to imagine that. Internally, the Yankees are still concerned with his defense. And defensive metrics, I know it's a small sample size still, are showing that he's below average. But I'd have to imagine the Yankees still want to see improvement there. And if Jury comes back and can see straight, I would think he fits back into third. I don't know where that leaves Andujar. No, and especially we're seeing, uh, you know, we talked last week about, or last uh, last show about Glaber Torres 
when he's in the minors playing a lot more third base, and they just continue to keep putting him there. Yeah, so he's, seven, he's, he's seven games reps. in a row. Seven yep, games he, in a row. He's getting a lot of reps at third base. So whether that's just because you know he hadn't had a, a lot of them in, before that, and they're just trying to get his comfort level up, it seems like a, a little odd, though, to do that many in a row without mixing in some second. Right. Well, the Yankees could use a second baseman right now because Tyler Wade's been MIA. Walker's been horrible. So here we go. Let's dismiss the uh, Ronald Torres again. Here you go. No, Torres. Torres Mm -hmm. is the guy that can shift around the infield. He's the utility man. I'm fine with him being the utility man. You know, he's uh, playing second base really well. When uh, you still want him to play second base, do you? Can't uh, let this one go. Well, no, I want to see Glaber Torres. Now he can get called up. Where officially we've reached the day as we're recording this, he can get called up. When he got pulled on Monday night, people were freaking out. People, right. people either thought, "Oh, he's getting called up," and they're just pulling him three days early for some reason. A hug watch was yeah. on, uh, on three days, three days before the deadline. Or uh, he was injured, and that turns out he was dealing with a little bit of a sore back or stiff back, and his mid back stiffness was officially what they called it. But he was back in the lineup on Wednesday after getting Tuesday off. So I guess no, no crisis real. avoided for now. Yeah, crisis averted because because that was that was either going to be joyous or scary. And I was I mean, everybody's head goes to the dumps. I mean, that's where mine went. As soon as I saw that, I'm like, oh, my God, you got to be kidding me. Not again. Uh, and, and that's that's all I was thinking was that this is he's going to be hurt. This is exactly how uh, it's been going this year. Everyone um, else is getting hurt. Why not Glaber? Yeah, but luckily, you know, they put him back in. It was obviously nothing. It was it was something extremely minor because two days later he's back in the game. So that's uh, that leads me to believe it was absolutely nothing because otherwise they would have held him out for precautionary reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you expect to see him in the Bronx by the end of this homestand? Yeah, I do. You I, do. I, I kind of expect it to be any day. Ooh. Honestly, I think it's going to be any time. I don't know why. If he continues to hit and he's playing. Um, yeah, I do. I think he's going to come up sooner than later. Do you I think, think it has? They're really calling for it. Do you think Jury's status? Because Jury, we're going to get into some injury updates now. But J- Brennan Jury was taking fielding practice and took BP this week at the stadium. If he is on a timeline where he could come back within a, a week or two weeks, do you think that affects Glaber at all? I, I don't think it's. I don't really don't think it's. Uh, even though he has been playing seven games in a row at third base, I still don't think he's going to be the third baseman. I don't think they want him to be. I think that he right now could come up here and play second base and start at second base and be in a, 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 a drastic improvement. So, no, I don't think third base has anything to do with what he's doing. I know he's playing there because they want to see him, and maybe I'm completely wrong, but, um, you know, third base, if Drury comes back, it's between him and Anduar, and Anduar probably gets sent down. But um, Not if he keeps hitting like this. You can't that, take – you can't if, if a kid is hitting, I know he's – like we Then just it's said, Tyler Wade. Then Tyler Wade oh, goes it's away. Ca- it's got to be Tyler Wade. He's not even yeah. playing at this point. No, he's not. And and look, right now, if you called up Glaber Torres, he would be an upgraded second base right now. Yes. So, I, so I, why are we waiting? I agree. Let's and, go. And they're, they've, they've, they're going to keep Walker on the – on the roster because he can play first base, but but Neil Walker has been completely trash at the plate. He's been atrocious. He's been Stephen Drew like. It's been no a, Stephen Drew would have had three home runs already. You're right. He would have had a couple home runs. Neil Walker has been an embarrassment to himself. I don't know what his deal is. Uh, we, we keep saying that this guy's a hitter. He's always hit. He's, that's what he does. He hits. Well, he has. He hasn't hit a damn thing. He had that Sucks. one, the one home run that that a fan could have aided over the over the fence against Baltimore. But other than that, I can't remember him hitting a ball hard. No, we're just, we're leaning on his um his experience or you know his his past the back of his baseball card that's what we're all 
you know, banking on. We're like, when is that happening? When when does the the good hitting Neil Walker show up? But no, he's been really, really bad. Uh, he's going to compl- get more playing time because Tyler Austin's suspension is coming up, and that's probably why we saw the Adam Lind, the return, <laughs> the, return the return of the great of Adam one, Lind. Adam Lind. Yep. I mean, it's it's a good move. I'm actually still surprised that he wasn't on a team. Honestly, uh, you know, he was a, a good player. He's a he's a serviceable first baseman, and uh, there's definitely teams that could use him. I mean, I'm surprised. Shit, at this point, if if a guy can put together some competitive at bats, put him in the lineup because. We're missing that from a lot of positions right now. We are. He's a he's a he's a veteran guy that can do that. So I, I think it was a smart signing. They should get him in the lineup. But Neil Walker absolutely needs to uh, get his get his head out of his ass because he's been terrible. Uh, Tommy Fortnite Canley was uh, placed in the DL with tendonitis in his right shoulder. Luis Sessa was called up back in his place, and then Luis Sessa promptly went on the DL, which is the Yankees' 2018 in a nutshell. It's crazy. I couldn't believe that I, immediately. And he he actually looked really good when he was when he was uh, throwing. And we could say, yeah, it was against the Marlins, but whatever. The Marlins had put up nine runs by that point. Um, I, I'm just looking at the. He, he drives me nuts because when I when you're watching him pitch, sometimes some of the movement on his pitches is just ridiculous. Like he has that that fastball that that trails into right-handed batters uh, and away from lefties. That that when he throws it well is filthy. Um, it's just a matter of him being consistent, and here's just another hurdle for him. Uh, it's unfortunate because I thought we were going to see uh, maybe some good stuff. I am kind of uh, the the Canley news came. I kind of got some satisfaction out of it because now we know why there was some dip in velocity, and it wasn't just a mystery mechanical issue. Hopefully, a lot of times in these types of situations, a guy goes on the DL, he fixes whatever is bothering him, gets healed in a week or two weeks, even three weeks, and he comes back and he's Tommy Canely again. I'd much rather deal with that than have him trot out there for the next month and we just don't can't figure out why Tommy Canely is throwing four miles an hour slower. And, you know, it could have been some kind of a mechanical thing because there was soreness somewhere or something was happening and he was uh, compensating for it. And, you know, that will affect your mechanics. So it could have been a number of these things that kind of work hand in hand to affect their performance. So, yeah, we need him healthy during the, the main stretch. So let's just get everybody out of the way now. Put them all, you know, put everybody in the in the freaking uh, in the hospital. <laughs> let them get healthy and, and come back in the middle of May when things warm up and we'll be good. It's not all bad news. We've got guys coming back. CeCe's making his return starting on Thursday. Good things for him. I mean, that was a guy that we you know, was uh, probably if, if, if push come to shove, uh, you know, wouldn't have been on a DL stint if it was a, you know, a crucial time of the season, most likely, because, you know, he said after that day, he still didn't feel it. So I'm glad he's back. I'm glad it was nothing lingering um, because right now we need a guy like CC to, to go in there and give some innings. And you know, when I knew CC was healthy, when I saw him moving the pile in that brawl last week. Yeah. But the thing is, you know, he's doing that with even injured, like, <laughs> Adrenaline's going there like crazy. CC comes into play. You don't feel injuries at that point. He's just got that big smile on his face, and just and just moving bodies. <laughs> uh, Greg Bird is gonna start baseball activities this week. I feel like Greg Bird and baseball activities that should be on his baseball reference page. Just no stats, just baseball activities. Yeah, I love how everybody's they're, they're, the the news is that he played catch in the outfield. Okay, well. Him, him throwing the ball wasn't never the problem. It was always about the foot and the ankle and the, the weird bone. Oh, no, he had the shoulder issue. Oh, yeah, the the two years ago. Yeah, sorry. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm, but the recent, the, the um, soft bird bones is what I'm talking about. String cheese bones. 
Yeah, it's like chicken bones in the, in his foot. Maybe that's it. Maybe he's got chicken bones. He's got uh, that's no okay. bones. He he might uh, start to get into some rehab games once the Yankees fly west. And then Jacoby Ellsbury one-upped him. He's hurt again with plantar fasciitis. That's impressive. That's an impressive string <laughs> of injuries when you're doing nothing. Uh. <laughs> I don't understand how he's getting hurt consecutively. He just continuously like turns one injury into another injury. It's, 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 imp- it's pretty impressive. It's like, it's it's like the catcher's interference yes, of, prolific. Um, of staying on the disabled list. I don't know what he's better at. What is he better at? Getting hurt or catcher's interference? Man, tough, tough one. It's a toss-up. They're both. He's both. He's really good at both. Um, Hall of Famer on both sides. <clears throat> All right. Before we get out of here, let's briefly talk about this Toronto series. Four games at the stadium. The pitching matchups are CC versus Aaron Sanchez, Sonny Gray versus Marco Estrada, Jordan Montgomery versus Marcus Stroman, and then Luis Severino versus Jaime Garcia. Yes, Jamie. Yes, Jamie Garcia is making his <laughs> return to the Bronx. Um, looked up some some stats here from the series, some things to keep an eye on. Justin Smoke's ownership, not only of the Yankees, but also he owns CC 992 OPS with two homers career. But CC has uh, pitched well against Granderson in his career, allowed only a 167 batting average against. I still think this is uh, this is sort of a tough matchup for CC when you get these a lot of these AL East teams. Yeah, they... There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of right-handed power again in a lot of these teams, and um, and unfortunately he can he can get <laughs> he can get exposed when you get a, a good right-handed bat up there with power. But you know, again, smart guy. Hopefully he can work around it. But Justin Smokes just I just really don't want to pitch to him very often this series because he's the one guy that I don't want. Uh, I don't want the Yankees to let him beat this team because if they do. It's going to be infuriating, infuriating, because he's the one guy on that team who has just absolutely destroyed uh, this team. So they well, need Donaldson to they need to be too. very careful with Yankees. Him. Got lucky last time because Donaldson was dealing with that shoulder issue. I don't I don't even know what is Donaldson. How, what I don't know what his deal is, is at this point. I have no idea. But you know, it, it, I'm still looking right at Justin Smoke. Do you, we have that situation again? And you're pitching to one of the two. I hope everybody makes the right decision this time. Right, pitch to Donaldson. I mean, right. I I know like be careful what you ask for, but. At the same time, Justin well, Smoke. He's out. Donaldson's out. I just looked up. There's a headline. Perfect. Not, not ready to return to the lineup. So, so yeah, do not let Justin Smoke beat you. That's really the guy, right? I mean, you're looking up and down this lineup. Like, that's the guy you don't want to beat you. Well, that's the Blue it. Jays are off to a good start. They are. They, 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 they have a... Look, we, this is one of those teams when we talked about when we were doing the, uh, the previews and talking to the guys from, from each city. This was one of those teams that I was talked into like, oh, damn, maybe they're not as bad as I thought they were. They got some sneaky pickups. They picked up... Uh, um, the some some outfielders like their whole outfield is basically retooled besides Pilar, um, and you know they have some good position players. Devin, what's his name? Devin, uh, the second baseman. He is a good ball player, and he has beat the Yankees uh, quite a bit. There are a couple guys on this team that just don't hit anybody else but the Yankees. So I just don't want Justin Smoke to get that big, huge grand slam home run in a crucial situation or a three-run shot or a two-run shot. You could pitch to him when there's nobody on base. Other than that, be careful. <clears throat> These are the games, though, that the Yankees are going to have to start playing well. Four versus Toronto and then four versus Minnesota, all at home before they go on the road to Anaheim and Houston, two tough teams. So this, it's kind of it's these next eight games are going to tell us a lot about how that road trip is going to go. 
It's funny. How many times did we say that last year and the year before that? Oh, these, this next stretch is going to be it. But this is a huge stretch. <laughs> uh, this is a huge stretch. Because don't be fooled. It doesn't just, when you, just when you let your guard down, don't think it's a huge stretch. It's a huge stretch. <laughs> it's a huge stretch. But it doesn't stop there. That's the thing. After, after the, the games that you said, Cleveland and Boston are right around the corner after that. Like this, this yeah, but that's so far down the road. Weeks, I know, but it's a lot of games back, like very stacked together. There, there's really not much time, uh, and there's no, you're not looking at a, an opponent in the, in the next three weeks that's, uh, that's a walkover, like at all, especially after what happened to Miami or with Miami. But they're all good teams coming in. So the Yankees got to get their shit together now, <laughs> or they're going to be in a massive hole. And then Friday's game, Sonny's pitching, and I he's going to have to turn this around at some point. He did not look good in his first start against Toronto this season. He only gave up where, – where's his line? I'm looking, I'm looking for it right now. He only gave up, um, I believe, one run, but he had 10 base runners and threw 89 pitches in four innings. Well, that's the thing. He was going deep into counts again. You know, it was just – it's been the same guy. He, he's not being aggressive around the strike zone. And he needs to be aggressive around the strike zone. Not just talk about it, but be about it. Let's, let's be the change there, Sonny. Not, not talk about it. Nobody likes the, the guy who talks about all these things and then doesn't do it. You know, he's he's got he's to make these adjustments. And if we're looking for Stan to get, get off, off the schneid, maybe it's Sunday against Jamie Garcia because he's 7 for 12 with three homers. That's, uh, that's a good day to do it. I don't, I don't really want to wait that long, but <laughs> <laughs> if he could do it before that, that would be terrific. Um, but yeah, and, and by the way, looking at the schedule, it's Astros, then without a day off, uh, right into Indians at home, and then Monday off Red Sox series. There's a lot of big games with one day off. I mean, that's, but we just talked about at the top of this show that maybe they don't need any more days off. They've had enough days off. Maybe let's just start playing baseball every day. Right. That's, that's what I'm kind of holding my hat on. I think that this could be one of those stretches where they actually could get into a groove. And maybe, just maybe, the, the competition being raised up a little bit and some of these good teams coming in yeah. gets, guys, gets guys going. Because Play that's, to your competition. That's also a thing. You know, sometimes there's a, a little bit of a lax when you see the Marlins coming into town. Um, I'm surprised there was one with, with Giancarlo Stanton, honestly. But, you know, he obviously didn't get up for, for that game for, for uh, you know, sticking it to the Marlins fans, all, all 10 of them. But... Um, they didn't yeah. want to be there. Once they got down big, they didn't want to be there. Just like no. the Marlins didn't want to be there Monday. No, yeah, that, that was a, a, the last three innings of that game were a joke. Yeah. Uh, reminder, guys, that uh, next episode we're going to be doing mailbags and voicemails. So to, uh, call up the voicemail line. It's 646-480-0342. Hopefully you put it in speed dial like we reminded you to do last time. And to submit mailbag questions, go to bronxpinstripes.com slash podcast. Follow the show on Twitter at Yankees Podcast. Follow it on uh, Facebook. Search the Bronx Pinstripe Show. We we'll always have some good discussions in game there. So, Scott, you're optimistic. You're always the optimistic one. You're, you're sticking with that? That's what you're hanging your hat on? I mean, I got nothing else to go on. I mean, at this point, it does no good to be negative. It's just uh, you, there's, it's, you, when you see a team struggling like this and you see some of these guys that are just not – I mean, I, you can't get much worse than what Giancarlo Stanton's doing right now. You, you really can't. 20 strikeouts and 35 at-bats at home, like it does not get much worse than that. Um, and even if it does, if, if you had a higher percentage of, of strikeouts, it wouldn't feel any worse. Like, what's the still, difference? He's still, still making just outs. As bad. Exactly. <laughs> so, so there's only one way to go, and that's up. And, yeah. you know, look, he's 
the freaking reigning MVP. He's gonna be fine. This guy is a good baseball player. He's in having a bad time right now. Uh, but no, I am confident. I think this team will be just fine. How would you rate my le- level of negativity? I don't think it's that bad. I think you've been influenced pretty well by me over the past couple of years. I think your uh, your head is is out of the sand. It's not. I just I I'm trying to look at this thing objectively and realize that there are some positives to take away. There's also a lot of a lot of negatives, but we think this team has too much talent to be this shitty. I, I know that's it's so only, cliche. It's just still too early to make a determination on of what. Of course, team is. it is, and that's the biggest thing. It's the the time is is on is on our side, and and that's one of the biggest reasons why. Like I have no, we have so many freaking games ahead of us. How can you not be optimistic for them to be playing that many games and not uh, start to do well? Like like you said, the talent is ridiculous. Right. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you on Monday. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it, and go Yankees. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.